The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Hello and welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and I'm so excited about my guests today. Um, one of them is Kara Dianello from Happy Valley Nutrition and the other one is Amanda Mittman, also from Happy Valley Nutrition. And Kara and I first met at Yoga of the Valley in Florence where you were teaching me yoga. Mm-hmm. Or actually, were you practicing yoga first as a student and then teaching yeah 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 all right so this was 2020 Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. all right um that was great times it was and i think well i didn't have the show quite yet but sometime in the 2020 2021 shutdown open we started talking about this yeah yeah so i love that we have seen this through however many years later two or three years later Mm -hmm. since we started talking about it and here we are it's amazing yeah we're doing it we did it love it yeah (laughs) yay for us yay um (laughs) are you still teaching yoga is that still a thing so i am still teaching yoga but in a different environment so um through happy valley nutrition we are actually offering yoga therapy so after teaching um and working with laura senowitz um I got my 300 hours um, through her program, and now I'm a 500-hour yoga teacher, and it um, is credited through the Yoga Therapy uh, Association. So I teach one-on-one yoga classes with some of my clients. That's awesome. Yeah. So Laura Sinowitz and her partner, Mark, are the owners of Yoga of the Valley, which is Mm -hmm. in Florence, and then also Yoga on the Vine, which Mm -hmm. is on Martha's Vineyard. Um, And Laura is from Florence. So um, just wanted to give a shout out to Laura and Mark as being small business owners, too. Um, And so welcome. I'm so excited to learn about Happy Valley Nutrition. And when I was on your website earlier, Amanda, I saw that you kind of were the first face that I saw under the the core team. So do you want to talk a little bit about maybe how Happy Valley Nutrition came to be um, and sort of, you know, where where it's where it's at right now? Sure. And first of all, thank you so much for having us. And thanks to Kara for this excellent connection. I'm so excited. Obviously, as a small business owner, you know, one of the reasons why I started my business was to be a part of the community. And so every time we have an opportunity to connect with people, whether it's through radio or in person, um, it's such an incredible opportunity and experience. So thank you very much, Tara. You're you're welcome. And thank you for coming in, because I feel like it's the stepping into the yes that you know, yes. Yes. You have exactly. more possibilities and make more connections, and absolutely, I think small business owners know that better than than most people. A hundred percent. Yeah. And we all need to support each other for sure. Totally. Um, but my business also started in the pandemic, um, so I'm a registered dietitian as Kara is as well. Mm -hmm. And um, I used to work in community nutrition and through my own path of healing and developing a better relationship with food and my body, I decided, you know what? I think I need to leave community nutrition and start working with people because 
I was feeling so great about myself, I wanted to give back to others. And so during the pandemic, I opened, uh, well, right before the pandemic, I opened Happy Valley Nutrition. It was just myself seeing clients uh, one-on-one. The pandemic happened and then everything exploded um, because I feel, you know, the pandemic was so isolating for everybody and whatever kind of food and body issues that you had or you, collective you, it just kicked up the dust. And so I was getting very, very busy and had a wait list. And Kara and I knew each other just being in the as community. Colleagues. As colleagues, yeah, yeah, from being in the community. And um, I was so elated when, when Kara expressed interest in, in working together. And so I brought Kara on um, in December of 2021. And then since then, uh, we've brought on four other dietitians. I have someone starting next week. Yeah, I uh, saw the the long list. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it was pretty extensive, I thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just, I love our team and I love what we offer. It's very different from what you might think of a typical registered dietitian nutritionist. Um, and every team member has their own specialty and their own way of practicing nutrition, but we all come at it from a weight-inclusive fat positive approach so you said community nutrition Mm -hmm. tell me what community nutrition looks like oh i worked at head start okay so worked for community organizations so i was the dietitian there working with the the little ones and then i was the health manager at head start for about three years so i worked collectively there for for five years and then i had my son and you know took some time and that's when i ended up starting to and so is head start a program of Mm -hmm. community action yes and so are they still in northampton yep they're in northampton vernon yeah that was my that was my home base for a long time i love them yeah great program the people that work there are incredible i love claire higgins she's wonderful yeah 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 such a gem for us here in the valley um Okay, so so you went from that and you decided to start your own business. Yeah. You've added some people. Yep. And so talk a little bit about fat positive or body positive. Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna swing that over to Kara. Um, we both, you know, have the same approach. Mm. Kara, is that okay if I swing that over to you? Yeah. And yeah. I'll also talk about it. Yeah. But. Sure. So I want to start with fat positive. Um, and while we're having this conversation, like we both recognize, it's like a pretty radical concept because we live in a very weight-centric society. And so fat positive means that we are providing clients care no matter their size, their weight, their BMI, and we're taking an approach that doesn't take weight into the consideration of their health. And so we are providing um nutritional care, whether it be medical nutrition therapy, like um, how to support one's disease without weight loss being the recommendation. And so are a lot of people coming to you with disease-specific needs, or are they coming to you with weight loss needs, or is that sort of the overarching need is, is to decrease body size? I think it's a combination um, because because we live in a society where like weight loss, especially from healthcare providers, is always a very prevalent recommendation. 
Um, we have a lot of clients who come in, I would say a couple of very common um, just statuses are PCOS, heart disease, hypertension, high cholesterol, um, type two diabetes, um, insulin resistance, not even just like um, a diabetes diagnosis yet. And so clients are getting recommendations from their healthcare providers or just kind of like living knowing that um, weight loss is always the major recommendation, um, coming to us with a desire for weight loss. Um, sometimes they're also coming with having a long history of dieting and knowing that going on and off diets hasn't worked for them in the past. And so they usually come to us wanting a new, wanting a new idea or figuring out what do I do from here? And so you mentioned um, PCOS. I'm not familiar with that. What type of a diagnosis is that? Polycystic ovarian syndrome. So um, some of the common traits of that is sometimes um, insulin resistance, which just means um, higher uh, sugar in the blood. Um, other things could be like um, higher testosterone, facial hair, acne, um, cysts on the ovaries, um, inconsistent period or menstrual cycle, and not that all of these things have to be there, but in order for it to categorize as PCOS, there needs to be at, three, at least three of those traits. Amanda, did you have, yeah. you were kind of having that pop yeah. oh, I was like, no I can see because it's radio, but I, I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Like, yes, Carol, you're doing, yes, yes. Um, you know, the, the fat positive, you know, we call ourselves weight inclusive, which is very different than the weight centric model. So when mm -hmm. we went to school to be a dietitian, and this is not knocking dietitians or anybody that practices from this way, what we were taught was how to kind of quote unquote fix people through food and exercise and calorie restriction. Um, and we know from the research that diets and dieting does not work in the long term. It just doesn't. The research backs that up. And what it does lead to, and I can even speak for myself personally, is that it often leads to disordered eating and eating disorders. So at my team, we don't feel like ethically we can recommend for people to go on these kind of diets. And so the approach that we take is, all right, so you come to us and let's say you have PCOS or you come to us and your doctor said, all right, you, you have diabetes, you need to lose some weight in order for your blood sugar to come down. We take a little bit of a different approach and we say, all right, what are some other behaviors outside of weight that we can focus on? So maybe that means in terms of blood sugar management, movement or other things like that. Amazing. I can't believe it, but we're already at our first break, so we're going to hear about some more of those when we come back. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster. I'm here today with Amanda and Kara from Happy Valley Nutrition, and we'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guests today are from Happy Valley Nutrition, Amanda Mittman and Kara Dianello. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that we're talking today. 
And when we last, before we broke, we were talking about how dieting doesn't work. Um, And I think a lot of our listeners probably have experience with that. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know if you have experience with that um, and sort of did that get you to sort of do this work, open this business, start this practice, um, if that was the case. So if you ask if I have any experience with dieting and kind of going on that hamster wheel of dieting and kind of falling off the you know proverbial wagon, decades, like legit decades of, of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I think back to it, I have a lot of compassion for my, my younger self. But I mean, again, decades of this kind of off and on, off and on, off and on. And it really took me being like, I can't take this anymore. Like I, my mental health is suffering and I need to heal my own body. Cause I used to be a weight loss dietitian. Cause again, that's what we graduate learning how to be. Mm-hmm. And what I recognized is, okay, my clients could lose weight, but then they would always gain it back. And then they would feel badly about themselves like constantly. And I was like, okay, there's the common denominator is me, <laughs> me giving them, you know, telling them to, you know, eat less of this or whatever, whatever. And so that was really helpful for me to recognize like this doesn't even work in the long term, right? Mm -hmm. And so again, my own healing was paramount to starting this business because I I knew I wasn't alone. You know, we're all kind of talking about this and thinking about this, but we're not having these conversations with each other, right? And so that healing prompted me to be able to My story is out on the website. Like, you know, we were just talking about that. I think it's so important for me. I'm an open book Mm -hmm. because I really want to reduce the shame that people have. We're all feeling shame around our bodies Mm -hmm. and our dieting attempts and not fitting into this kind of patriarchal diet culture, right, that tells us that we have to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And we were just talking about different life changes, right? We have perimenopause, menopause, all those sorts of things as as women. and as human beings, our bodies change, and there's so much grief over that. And so mm-hmm. we want to open the conversation and let people know you're not alone. And like we're here to talk to you about that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we've all been a little bit warped, and I think you mentioned this on your website, by the healthcare industry, by diet culture, the patriarchy you just mentioned, capitalism, right? The need to be constantly buying different clothes, mm-hmm. beauty products, um, you know, uh, clothes that, that hold us in tighter, that keep us like more bonded mm-hmm. um, so that we can look better in the clothes that we're all told to buy in a multiple different sizes um, to fit into whatever shape we are in that moment. But, you know, I think something that's really interesting that you just said was we're all trained. You know, I keep hearing the both of you saying the way that I was trained, the way. That, so, you know, are are there any different ways of being trained than the ways that, you know, dietitians are trained to eat less, to do whatever? I mean, where is that split happening? Is there like an educational piece that is shifting in the more, um, you know, I I don't want to say older uh, traditions. Yeah, Yeah. traditional. Yeah, I would definitely say so. So there are dietitians... Well, I'll go back a little bit. I find in terms of undergraduate, um, like lessons and classes, perhaps there are some um, professors that are introducing intuitive eating and health at every size. So intuitive eating is a framework where teaching people how to not diet and how to eat based off of more of instinct. 
And when I say that, it's not necessarily eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full, but recognizing how mm, our thoughts and beliefs around foods um, contribute to what we're eating. So if we're thinking that chips, for example, are bad for us, then we're going to restrict or maybe limit the amount that we're having. However, let's say you have the opportunity to have chips, perhaps you're going to eat chips to an extent that doesn't, that feels too much meaning maybe eating past pleasant fullness. And because of that, there can be a sense of guilt that comes out of that. So what we're what the intuitive eating framework um, is used is really just as a way of um, trusting your body and being able to make decisions that are outside of diet culture. And then health at every size is the idea that people can practice health behaviors no matter what their no matter what their body size is, and that those health behaviors are still going to implement positive. Um, uh, positive um, effects to one's body. So with dietetic internships, so in order to be a dietitian, after you undergo a dietetic program that has to be accredited by the what? Accrediting agency? Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> this is how much we are like in the actual like yeah. realm of the huge profession of dietetics. We're in our own little small bubble. Yes. Um, so you have to go through an undergrad program and then you have to apply for your internship and you have to be matched to your internship. Um, and I would say there are some programs that are starting to incorporate intuitive eating and health at every size as frameworks to teach. Um, it's mostly in the dietetic programs where eating disorder specialty is something that is provided. So like Simmons College, for example, provides that. Um, but there really aren't that many. And I know even when I was going to school, like this was something that I had to learn after um, graduating. Yeah. Wow. So is disordered eating on the other side of intuitive eating? Could you say that those are like opposite ends of the spectrum? Yeah, I think so. It's interesting. Um, you know, disordered eating is such a large spread. I mean, I think diet culture in and of itself, we think of like what our normal eating is often is disordered eating. Mm -hmm. And so disordered eating is a very, very large spectrum. So on one end, we have quote unquote, like normal eating, which honestly, I don't even know what that is. That might be more intuitive eating. Is normal eating like the 2000 calorie No, no. Diet more like, I that mean, that's what diet culture thinks. Tells yeah, people I know. that's like your benchmark. I mean, that's been for 50 for, years. For, I mean, for, for a long, for right? a long time. Has that changed? Is that still like the benchmark of calories that they, whatever mm -hmm. they is, like FDA. like society, I, FDA, yeah, tells I, you to eat? I, I think mean, so. And I teach Nutrition 101 um, at UMass. I'm a visiting lecturer, and I teach um, classes at the nutrition department there. And it's still, they're still, you know, doing that, promoting that sort of eating, kind of quote-unquote healthy eating. And so we have that on one end, but I think that in and of itself, because not Everybody needs to, you know, people, most people need a lot more than 2,000 calories, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the other hand, we have just um, an eating disorder, right? A diagnosed eating disorder. But in the middle is this kind of murky gray area where disordered eating kind of lies. Um, and those are usually the people that come to see us. Mm -hmm. 
which is where most people are, right? Which is where most people are. Most people are in that disordered eating space, right? Yeah, I so mean, it's like ten percent yeah. disorder, like you know, problem problematic eating, like anorexia yeah. or yep. you know bulimia, like that type of Binge like eating more disorder. Yep. severe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the other one is you're fine and you can control your you feel comfortable eating and yeah. you're comfortable so that's like probably 10 percent on each of those ends and then most people fall into disordered eating in some yeah. way like on that spectrum i don't mm-hmm. know how to quantify it mm-hmm. kara i don't know if you do because i think it just you know some people who the diagnosis of an eating disorder is very very tricky i will and say limited and limited because you think of somebody who has anorexia nervosa Mm-hmm. Right, which typically is characterized by very low BMI, body mass index, like under like 18.5, right? Something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is, is that most of our clients um, who have anorexia nervosa, so that's not, you know, not eating, low intake, you know, low food intake, are in larger bodies. Mm-hmm. So you might look at somebody and be like, oh, they don't, how could they be anorexic? They, they're in a larger body. Their BMI is a higher BMI. They must have binge eating disorder, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. that's characterized by eating lots. Mm-hmm. And that is not the case at all. And those people are missed by the medical system. And it's quite often that they come to us and we say, ah, th- there's, a, there's a problem. Like, you need a lot of support. And people are like, finally, somebody's like, not looking at my body size and making a judgment based on mm-hmm. that. Or telling me to lose weight. Or telling them to lose weight. I can't tell you how many times that happens. Yeah, so, you know, this has really got me thinking because one of the things that you do when you go into a healthcare provider into your primary care is you get your height and your weight mm-hmm. and, you know, the form that when you're walking out the door has your BMI and the scale that you are and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's still a very, like, categorical thing that that providers use to determine you know whether you're healthy overweight underweight whatever is bmi yeah um so you know i think maybe after we come back from the break we'll talk about maybe bmi as a standard for actually determining weight and if you all think that it's a good idea or not so you've been listening to the western mass business show i'm tara brewster my guests today are amanda mittman and cara dianello from happy valley nutrition and we'll be right back thank you The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guests today are Amanda Mittman and Cara Dianello of Happy Valley Nutrition, and we're having a lively conversation about weight and body image, culture, society, practitioners, BMI. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we last were talking before the break, I think we left off at BMI and the real issue of the number or mm-hmm. the scale um, and what we're hearing when we go into our most trusted advisor, um, our healthcare provider. Mm-hmm. Um, so many of us really hang our, our hats on what they say and what they tell us to do. So Kara, do you have any thoughts about BMI or, um, Yeah, you know? and I guess I would just want to start off by saying, like, none of this is, like, the use of BMI has never been a place of being malicious. It's been a place of the, the way in which BMI came into existence was actually not even supposed to be for individual health. Um, 
and Amanda, you can always chime in with this, but it was supposed to be more of an indicator of just like the weight and the height of um, a population. And what's really interesting is that um, and there's been a couple of people who've um, developed um, been part of the development of the now BMI chart, the body mass index, but it was originally used um, to identify the demographics of men in Sweden in the 1800s. Is that true, Amanda? Along those lines. Yes. I don't know exactly, but yeah. it was never meant for individual use, yep. and it was always based on men. Yeah, yep. White men. Yeah. Um, White men. Yeah. yeah. And it's even interesting because like the CDC at some point, um, there there have been like groups that have not agreed with BMI as a use um, for the medical system, especially for individualized care. However, it's still become basically um, one of the main use, um, one of the main uh, predict, not predictors, but um, markers for health. And so if you were going to use something else to predict health, what would that look like? I don't think there is one. Someone's mental health, mm-hmm. someone's relationships. Mm-hmm. I, what we always ask, my favorite question to ask someone is, what does health look like to you? Yeah. And you ask 100 different people, you will get 100 different answers. One, I remember working with a client a couple years ago, and she said, um, having relationships and making friends she was like feeling really lonely. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Um, and so there are so many non-weight based indicators of how someone feels. Mm-hmm. And those are things that we can work on. Weight is not a behavior. Mm-mm. That's what one of our dietitians, she's a, um, a certified diabetes educator from a weight inclusive perspective. She's on our team. And she always loves to say, weight is not a behavior. We can't change that like we've been taught Mm -hmm. and i understand that that can feel really difficult um but there are things if that we can work on if that is what someone wants meaning that sometimes weight comes with uh your family history your genetic Uh Mm -hmm. genetics is so huge and Mm -hmm. we for like if you you know the authors of intuitive eating say if you had a size eight shoe why would you expect to be a size six shoe you can't Mm -hmm. change that it's the similar with body weight but you can't make money on that right Mm -hmm. the the health industry the diet industry wants to tell us that we are wrong and we need to change so and so diet culture um has it changed or evolved over the years or you know i'm like thinking about like slim fast shakes i just thought about from Mm -hmm. my youth and Mm -hmm. watching that on tv you know and like suzanne summers with the thigh master on like tv when i was growing up and richard simmons and you know (laughs) jane fonda i had a a thigh master (laughs) i liked my mom i don't even know totally hey i did too it was ridiculous (laughs) i mean i would like sit and watch tv and doing thigh master at like 10 like yeah and it wasn't necessarily oh. to like lose weight, I don't think, but it was like the thing to do or yeah. like to like tone your thighs while you're sitting on your bum, like yeah. watching TV or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I know that we've done yoga together as like mm-hmm. a form of, you know, relaxation and exercise and strength. But what does that look like right now, that diet culture? That's such a good question, Tara, um, because something that we get a lot is, 
oh, I'm not trying to, what is it, Amanda? Like, I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm trying to be healthy. So Mm -hmm. diet culture has evolved to be very focused on, um, like, aesthetics and appearance. Wellness. And, well, and it's turned more into wellness. Like image, like what you look like. You don't necessarily have to be it. um, Wellness being, like, clean eating. um, Yeah, like... uh, living wells yeah oh but having like a a a tint of purity to it yeah isn't it a just a different way to make you ashamed yes (laughs) like think of Gwyneth Paltrow like that's what I think she she is the the queen of diet culture right now yeah yes got it and so how is the diet culture really tied into um, current mental health states or like, mm. you know, uh, the the fat bias that's happening right now. Um, you know, I feel like there are all of these things that we, even Gwyneth Paltrow, we don't really necessarily think of her as this diet culture person. You know, mm-hmm. we think of her as someone famous. We just see this like false reality. Right. Um, and how does that, like that standard, that ideal really play into like how we look at people that are overweight, you know, people that are quote unquote like fat or obese or whatever. Right, right. Um, so I think I think things are sw- are changing a little bit. I think, you know, when Gwyneth Paltrow recently and if you're, you know, are on social media recently, she gave an interview and she was like, I get IV drips and like I eat like nothing and air and broth. And like there was such backlash against that. Like that is an eating disorder Mm because it is right. Mm -hmm. Like that is dangerous to be talking about that. I don't think that would have happened 10 years ago. I think that people are especially the younger generations. I mean, I think. Part of the problem is that their social media and the younger younger generations are getting very influenced by social media. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, I think that that's the generation that's gonna that's kind of crying out and saying, "This is not okay anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I don't accept this. This is wrong. This is dangerous." And so I think we are kind of. I think there is more body acceptance. But we are very far from there. Mm-hmm. But there are, you know, you could turn on the TV and maybe see. Um, more diversity of bodies, right? Lizzo. You can, yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, right? We, 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 it's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as I was talking to you both about um, off air, places and people like the fat sex therapist mm-hmm. right. um, is coming to Bombex in Florence um, on October 14th, um, brought here by Trans Health mm-hmm. in Florence. Um, so, you know, there is like a fat positive movement happening too mm-hmm. on the other side of that, which I hadn't really seen before now, you know, so... There is that counterbalance happening, I think, right? Like that backlash that you were talking about, Amanda. Um. Yeah. What's really interesting, Tara, is that so the fat liberation movement actually started around the same time that civil rights. So in the 1960s, there are a couple of um, fat, no, I don't want to say a couple, but a good amount of fat activists um, who were protesting against the use of dieting um, as a way of losing weight. Um, so this is not anything new, but I think it's been taking, it's um, gotten more attention over the past I don't know, 20 years. And even like this idea of intuitive eating was created by two dietitians in the 1990s. So 
these ideas of um, anti-diet. I mean, there's so much language, um, but it really is from the fat uh, acceptance movement. And even the idea of body positivity has become very much this idea of like, oh, love your body. And really what we see under that, um, who we see providing that message are people of straight sized white bodies. But that rhetoric actually came from people in larger bodies. Right. So it's really interesting just to see like how, how things have taken um, a different turn yeah, it's a social justice. This is a huge social justice piece to this. Mm -hmm. And if I can just comment, Tara, on what something Kara said about kind of body positivity or BOPO, right? And, you know, you think about like the Dove ads, which are, are, are great, but they're saying, love your body, right? Or, and, and what we tell our clients is, you don't have to love your body. And mm -hmm. I and I know that when I sit tell it to my clients, their their shoulders like visibly drop because they're like, oh phew, because I don't love my body. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, that's cool. Like I don't love my body all the time either, right? Um, it's really hard to love your body in diet culture. It's hard to feel neutral about your body in diet culture, no matter what size. Mm -hmm. And so what we kind of talk about is, right, how do we show our body compassion and kindness and respect any size mm -hmm. and that takes work mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. um that's why we don't you know our work is long term mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah and you know going through your website which by the way what is your website for people listening so they can check you out it's happyvalleynutrition.com great um well i want people to check out your um, website and also we need to take another break so these are going so fast i'm tara brewster with the western mass business show we're talking to happy valley nutrition and we'll be right back the western mass business show with tara brewster whmp the western mass business show with tara brewster whmp Hello and welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I can't believe that we're already on the last portion of our conversation. Feeling a lot of pressure to fit it all into this one. <laughs> um, but you've been listening to myself and Amanda Mittman and Kara Dianello from Happy Valley Nutrition. We're talking about all the things. Um, weight, body positivity, BMI, um, menopause and the health culture, weight culture, society, grief, grief all of the things that are tied up into the fact fabric of our bodies that really have so much more than the mass of our bodies. You know, it's like just tons of history and storytelling, um, both of lived experience and our ancestors lived experience, mm -hmm. um, which a lot of us don't think about when we think about our bodies and our weight. Mm -hmm. um, but you can find out more about Happy Valley Nutrition on their website at happyvalleynutrition.com. Um, and while I was on your website at that um, website I just gave you, you have some really great core values on there. Um, and I was wondering if you maybe wanted to touch on those a little bit. Sure. Um, so we have a couple of core values. Um, one of them is what we want to do is help you uncover your passions in life, which means we want everybody to have big juicy lives and we spend so much time thinking about our bodies and what we eat and food i mean again this is my story that mm -hmm. my life was very 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 small for a long time and when i kind of did my own healing only then was i able to build this business meet incredible mm -hmm. 
colleagues like Kara. I mean, that didn't <laughs> happen before. Um, so that's that's the first one. Um, the second is creating your own definition of success, not what your doctor says, not what your friend says or your mom or anybody else. What says what, quote unquote, success looks like, because I don't even know. It looks different. It looks different yeah. to everybody. Just like bodies mm-hmm. are different, right? Yeah. yeah. We have all those books now about bodies and body positivity and mm-hmm. it's for kids. Um, bodies are cool. Yeah. Bodies mm-hmm. are cool. And they all look different, right? Everyone has a different story. Exactly. I can't see it. Okay. Kara can't see it. So I'll keep going. <laughs> um, screw what's right or wrong, right? That kind of thing goes into what we've been told, right? Someone says, oh, you should be doing this. Anytime you hear the word should, it's like, mm, let's question that Mm -hmm. the fourth one is you are enough period and that's really the the point of body image work is that you are worthy beyond the size of your body Um, and you get to be the one to define what enough looks like and I really feel like we are our own worst critic I mean I know everyone says that over and over and over again Mm -hmm. but if we don't tell ourselves all of the the positive sentiments you know all of the things that we want to feel that we believe other people are also not going to believe that Mm -hmm. or treat us in the way that we want to be treated yes Mm -hmm. we are definitely our own worst critics um we always say to our clients like you know the things that you're saying to yourself would you ever say to a friend or a loved one and everyone's like no i would i would never do that Mm -hmm. it's like well of course you wouldn't because you're a lovely human being but we have a way of punching ourselves in our own face Mm -hmm. you know of of being really harsh and and unkind Um, and the last core value is be afraid and do it anyway Mm -hmm. we honor and recognize that this work is challenging and scary and it can be really frightening and anxiety producing to get going because mm-hmm. then that it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people and so sometimes when doing this work um, with with support of uh, you know dietitians and you know therapists. other therapists uh, mm-hmm. love our therapists yeah, we do. is 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 jumping in and doing this work yeah yeah I, and I love that you, you use the word therapist because this to me does sound like therapy you mm. know a lot of people think about oh do you have a therapist it's for your mind for your mental but not for your body necessarily so mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you you know because we haven't really we've touched on it but we haven't really said it what services do you actually provide um, specifically So one of the services that's like the most common one that we provide is nutrition counseling. So we will never say that we are therapists um, because we do not have that training, but um, we do a lot of counseling with our clients, like not just saying, we don't just like give our client a meal plan and say like, hey, here's how you should eat. We're talking a lot about their relationship with food, their relationship with their body, their relationship with movement. And we're coming from a space of our client is is um, using behaviors or acting out of wisdom. So whatever behavior they're engaging in, whether it's disordered or whatever, if they're having a hard time um, engaging in more um, normalized eating practices or intuitive eating, um, we're not to say why they're not doing that. Um, or like, we're not here to, to perfect anyone's eating too, but to help someone with their own goals around how they wanna feel in their body. 
That's great. <laughs> so, so, right. So we have one-on-one nutrition counseling, which we do in person in our Amherst, downtown Amherst office, or we also do telehealth. Mm-hmm. Um, we do, so we do initial appointments and follow-up appointments. Kara, as she said, is a yoga therapist, so mm-hmm. she offers one-on-one yoga therapy. We mm-hmm. offer group classes. Kara is leading one now um, mm-hmm. about rediscovering movement through um, a disordered eating lens. We have groups. And um, we also partner with um, a health at every size, weight inclusive aligned um, personal trainer, uh, My Health Matters Fitness. And so, um, you know, she and her company are on our website as well. So we're just trying to, you know, increase our our offerings. The best part about being a dietitian is that we accept insurance Mm -hmm. and that most often, um, when using your insurance, there is no cost to you or to our clients, sometimes a little bit depending on your plan. But for the most part, nutrition counseling is covered. And so um, we love that. We love that. We want to make, you know, we accept most major insurances. So we want to make it as accessible to everyone as possible. So And so talk about the H-A-E-S aligned personal training. Oh, so. you should have her on your show. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her name is Britt McGrath. And she owns My Health Matters Fitness, and it's her and um, another colleague that she has in her business, and she provides personal training, one-on-one personal training, um, virtually, um, or you know, she comes to her to come to your house. She's working on getting a space, and she provides movement in a really safe, safe way where you know you're not okay, this is to, for you to lose weight. It's, you know, I, she, I'm a client of hers and I see her. So like I cannot slip on the ice or like I can get up off the floor. Okay. Or I can carry groceries. So more functional movements. And we know that she is eating disorder informed, trauma informed and um, fat positive as well. So we feel safe sending our clients to her. That's amazing. And so your office is in Amherst. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. We have a office in downtown Amherst. That's amazing. Yeah. That's great. Um, So, you know, we've talked a little bit about it, but not specifically about it. You know, as as specifically women age, they're going through menopause, perimenopause. You know, are you seeing people from certain age groups? Like who is your core person, if you could say, coming in to see you? Oh, my goodness. Um, I feel like we're seeing everyone. We're seeing people. So uh, some of our dietitians see clients as young as nine. Um, and then we see clients, I don't know, in their mid 50s and 60s. And we have a client who's in their mid or maybe 70s. Well, we keep these bodies the whole journey, right? Yeah, do. exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, we're around a lot of colleges, so we meet. I I really enjoy meeting with um, people who are in college mm-hmm. or um, in their mid twenties, um, and then we meet with people who are in, of different communities too. Great, that's that's good to know. I just you know didn't want people to think that it was just specifically women or specifically Mm-mm. middle oh, aged. Every, everybody. Um, yep. I really appreciate yep. it. Men and, too, and you know. Kids too, nine-year-olds, yeah. So I wanted to say thank you to you both so much for being on the show, Amanda Mittman and Kara Dianello from Happy Valley Nutrition. And I also wanted to say thank you to our sponsors, Greenfield Savings Bank, my employer. I really appreciate GSB and all the work that they do throughout Franklin and Hampshire County. We now have 10 branches and Thomas Shaco is the president. We have 185 employees and I appreciate each and every one of them. We also want to thank um, Business West who provides us with so much great information all around the region. 
George O'Brien and his team have some great events coming up, 40 Under 40 in June, so be on the lookout for that date. And then also to Craig De La Pena, who is my neighbor on Chestnut Street in Florence, um, a really great human, uh, does a lot of rail-to-trail work, and also is a green realtor, winning the top green realtor award a few years ago from the Realtors Association. Um, thank you so much to each and every one of you for making the show great and listening. This is Tara Brewster with the Western Mass Business Show, and we'll see you soon. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.